Clearing Up is the premier source of independent news and information for the Pacific Northwest electric and natural gas industries. Published weekly by Newsdata since 1982, Clearing Up focuses on energy policy, resources, markets, infrastructure, and other key relevant subjects. Many thousands of energy professionals depend on Clearing Up to help them better understand and navigate their ever-dynamic energy world. Visit newsdata.com to find out why and start your subscription today. Again, that's newsdata, one word, dot com. Welcome to Newsdata's Energy West, a podcast about the energy industry today and where it's going tomorrow. Hello, I'm Dan Catchpole, reporter with uh, News Data's Clearing Up, and with me today on the Energy West podcast is Bruce Rue, Senior Vice President of Operations at the Southwest Power Pool, and we're here to talk about some really exciting news that recently came out. Uh, the Southwest Power Pool, one of the organized market operators in the country, uh, just announced last week that it is expanding to a Western branch, officially expanding. This has been in the works for a while, but this was a big development. Uh, and so this is really exciting news that will mean the second regional transmission organization in the West, so a centralized market for load-serving providers. Uh, so, Bruce, thank you for coming on at short notice to talk about this. First off, if you want to introduce yourself for a second to listeners and then tell us maybe like a little bit about what the news was that you guys just announced. Sure, Dan, great to be with you again. So I'm Bruce Rue, Senior Vice President of Operations for Southwest Power Pool. And yeah, last week we announced that uh, nine entities have committed to move forward with joining the SPPRTO. So this will be our expansion uh, from the Eastern Interconnection into the Western Interconnection. Uh, we're really looking forward to working with these parties to make this uh, happen. Uh, we've been in <clears throat> discussions with them for a little over two years, just looking at what the terms and conditions would be, what they would need to join, uh, if there are any changes that we would need to make to our organization uh, and market to do that. And we're real pleased to have worked through all that and uh, their organizations have all committed to move forward. So uh, right now, our uh, project plan is to go live on April 1st of 2026. And it's about a 10% increase in uh, SVP's current size. Um, you know, we're uh, looking at the capability of expanding as well. Um, you know, we've identified uh, any additional parties that would like to join and let us know by March next year. And then we would uh, expand the RTO in 27. So is the, the class for 20, the class of 2026, it's already all set. Yeah. So the class of 2026, um, I'll say is essentially uh, identified. There might be an entity or two that's embedded within those areas that, that may come in, but that would be a smaller entity. In terms of a new balancing authority or somebody that, that we don't have a close business relationship, uh, they would need to be in the class of 2027. What is uh, SPP's peak daily load? Just to give listeners some kind of context here. Yeah, sure. So if you look at SPP during the summertime, we will peak uh, just over 56,000 megawatts is what our new peak was this year. That's in the summertime. In the wintertime, we're about 47,000 megawatts. And then, so this is going to be adding about five, around 5,000 megawatts to uh, SPP's load? Yes, on peak, it'll be a, a little over 5,000. 
so most of these entities, these nine entities, they're coming from uh, the energy imbalance market that you guys have already been operating for several years in the West, right? Correct. All of these nine participants are currently engaged in our energy imbalance market in the Western Interconnection that we call uh, the Western Energy Imbalance Service or WISE. Which states is this uh, the footprint now going to extend into? Yeah, so there's loaded multiple states. There, you have the Colorado, uh, there's Wyoming. We have just a little bit in Utah, and we'll touch just a tiny bit in Arizona as well. But uh, most of the load is in the, the Colorado, uh, Wyoming, and just a little bit in Montana. Uh, now, like I said earlier, this is a huge development. It's not a, these aren't the biggest load serving entities, not the biggest utilities in the West, but more importantly, this is the second uh, organized centralized market in the West. The other one being in California, the California Independent System Operator, also known as CalISO or CAISO for listeners who are more familiar with that. Uh, it's obviously the 800-pound gorilla, however you want to describe it, um, in the West. Uh, there's been a lot of starts and stops towards moving towards markets in the West uh, over you know the past 20, 30 years. Uh, right now, though, in addition to this, you guys are actually in in competition with Kaiso for setting up a day ahead market, which a lot of people also see as a potential stepping stone towards a uh, broader RTO in the West. So how how should people think about this Western ex- expansion of SPP's existing RTO and the Markets Plus initiative? Sure, Dan. Well, let me explain a couple things for your listeners. First off, the regional transmission organization, uh, that includes functions such as consolidation of the balancing authority so that we all operate together. It includes the real-time market, which we're currently doing uh, in the Western Interconnection. It'll add the day-ahead market, but it also includes the planning functions to where we do the regional planning for the footprint and a consolidation of a tariff so that you have one-stop shopping to go anywhere in, with inside of our footprint. Now, you compare that to a Markets Plus. So Markets Plus, you will take an energy imbalance market and add a day-ahead market to it, but you don't do all those other functions. You don't do the consolidation of balancing authorities. So each balancing authority, and there are approximately 35 in the Western Interconnection right now, they will continue to operate. You also don't have consolidation of a transmission tariff. So you still need transmission to go between those balancing authorities and you have to manage that. And then you don't have a consolidation of the overall planning process as well. So while the Markets Plus does enhance the current services from an energy imbalance market only to an energy balance market and day ahead, it, it stops short of going those several other key functions that the RTO provides. When you say consolidation of the planning, what does that mean? Well, I'm talking about transmission planning where you look at the grid for the next 10 years, uh, what transmission needs to be built, and you go ahead and approve that, and you begin the building of that. And the RTO, you'll have uh, regional cost sharing for certain facilities that are of regional benefit, and you know that provides us an opportunity to optimize the transmission grid to make it as efficient as possible but also to do that at the least cost. Does that mean when it comes to uh, centralized or uh, you know, regionalized um, spending on transmission that the cost sharing is going to be within the Western group and then the cost sharing is going to be within the Eastern group, but not across the entire footprint? Right. Because of our cost allocation process, we're 
you know, currently if you build a 345 kV line, uh, you know, that would be shared regionally. Um, that would only benefit the entities on, you know, the eastern side. Uh, so it makes sense when you go in the western interconnection that it would only be shared, uh, the cost of that would be shared by the participants in the west because they're the ones who get the, the direct benefit of it. Right. But okay. So you laid out the kind of gave us a, a really good, uh, succinct, uh, rundown of the similarities and more importantly, the, the very important significant differences between the RTO West, the Western branch of the SPP RTO and markets plus. Uh, and just mm-hmm. for listeners, um, so Kaiso's day ahead market has a lot of those similar, similar functions to markets plus, uh, initiative. Um, different designs and stuff, but same kind of uh, scope, right? Yes. That that being said, these are two distinct entities, but there's interesting expanding a centralized market in the West. You guys have said, hey, look, if people want that, we're more than happy to provide that service. So is there, do you guys see this, the this new RTO West, Western branch or, or what? Actually, I should ask, what are you guys calling it? It is a is there single, shorthand for it Sure, it's the SPP RTO. Uh, it is a single RTO. It's a single market. Uh, we're operating across the DC ties. And because of the way the electrical grid is set up, we have to have two separate balancing authorities. But it's in the, the single market. There's, it's not two markets. It, it's all one yeah. SPP RTO. I just keep things straight out. I'm going to refer to it as the Western branch, but yeah, sure. that is a good point. It is the same RTO as in the Eastern interconnection, but it's just the, the Western branch. Uh, so is there, do you guys see this as a potential kind of foothold to build on if entities are interested? Sure. When you look at the, uh, the Western interconnection, there is a lot of interest in RTOs and it's really been growing over the last several years. So, while this is the initial group, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, we don't see this as the, the final size of the RTO. Uh, we've talked to a lot of different entities that are interested in um, not only the markets plus, but also what a transition to an RTO looks like. So, yeah, we would see that uh, eventually there would be additional parties recognize the benefits that a full RTO would get you above a markets plus or EDAM and, and desire to pursue that. So. Uh, you know, ultimately, we would see this group of nine growing, you know, significantly in size as as others come on board. Are there entities who are interested in like leapfrogging the markets plus thing and just saying, like, "Hey, we 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 might like to just go right in and join this RTO"? Um, yeah, I, I think that is a possibility. Uh, that's a possibility that uh, entities because. Um, majority of the entities are in an imbalanced market in the Western interconnection. So they have experience with markets. Uh, they recognize what value they get out of it. They can look at the additional services and benefits that an RTO provides and go, yeah, let's just go straight to that rather than taking this intermediate step of markets plus or EDAM, especially if you're looking at what your long-term approach is. If your long-term approach, you see the benefits of an RTO, it would make sense to go right to the RTO now instead of doing that intermediate step. Now, are you saying you could understand that or you're saying you you have heard that from entities uh, in conversations? Sure, in conversations, entities have looked at what it 
what it um, would take to go to the RTO right now from their current position. Okay. Uh, and that's, so that those are ongoing. I, I know you're not going to be like, Hey, here's who we're talking to, but I mean, feel free, feel free to, by all means. So these are ongoing conversations though. Sure. We've, we've met with uh, a lot of participants. Um, you know, the markets plus a group is very large and covers, you know, throughout the Western interconnection. And, uh, you know, one of the discussions is always, you know, what does an RTO look like? And, you know, some of those are, are more interested in, in future RTO, you know, and joining an RTO versus others, you know, understanding what the difference is between a markets plus and an RTO. I would think there'd be a lot of questions, concerns, whatever, uh, about joining an RTO that's anchored in, that's largely in the Eastern interconnection. So are you hearing that from participants in the Markets Plus process? Yes, Dan, great question. So what we're hearing is that the importance that the prospective members are looking at is how is the SBP governed and how are decisions made? Because ultimately that defines that, you know, sets up how your RTO operates. So they're very interested in SBP's governance approach in that we have a very collaborative approach. It's member driven. You know, me, even though I'm a senior vice president, I don't get to vote on anything that the organization does. Uh, you know, it's all based on the members and they're the decision makers. And, and that's a very attractive governance for the entities that we've been talking to. And, and whether that, in the Western interconnection, the Eastern interconnection, you know, it's the same approach. So uh, the, the participants are very interested in that type of a governance because that would allow them to continue to, uh, you know, adapt to the changing needs that they have, um, you know, as the, you know, we're, we're in this energy transition now. And, you know, I don't, I don't think it's the end point. We'll probably have something else that we'll transition to. And, and our governance approach as the RTO would enable them to, be successful in that and be competitive in that. Yeah. And I mean, to that point about a, a bunch of state regulators <laughs> recently kind of thrown a late curveball here in this whole process by uh, coming out this summer uh, with a proposal of saying like, hey, let's set up a Westwide governance uh, initiative to create an independent governance system for eventually an RTO. How have you guys been in touch with them at all? Yeah, well, that's an initiative that was announced. Um, I don't know, you know, how much traction that's getting. I know we've had a little bit of discussion, but, you know, that's an effort that some states have started. So not, not all the states are engaged in that as well. And, uh, you know, understanding that some st states have specifically said they're not going to engage in that. So, you know, you know, where that effort leads to, I think it'll lead to uh, identification of key principles that are necessary for an RTO. And I think SPP would check a lot of those boxes. Uh, you know, our governance process has, has gone through review a couple times already. And uh, there's a lot of things that are in, in our process to, to like and to, and to mimic for others going forward. Yeah, no, to that point, uh, I know at least um, Idaho last Thursday came out and said they are uh, conclusively not going to participate. Going back to the next steps for the Western branch of the RTO, the members have said we're in. The plan is to launch in 2026. Do you guys need to get FERC approval or what other steps uh, have to be checked off? Sure. So there are several approvals that we'll need. Um, we will, and we are already in the process of 
making changes to our governing documents that are consistent with the terms and conditions that we've agreed to. Uh, we will, we're on track for that to be filed sometime next year, where we'll file that with the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission for approval and ultimately uh, have the final tariff for us to go live on uh, April 1st and 26th. So, you know, certainly the, the approval process through the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission uh, will also be consolidating balancing authorities. Uh, two balancing authorities will be consolidated in the SBP balancing authority. And we'll need to get, you know, a necessary re review of that where, uh, you know, entities will come and look at it and make sure that they're comfortable with that change. And, uh, you know, going forward then, uh, you know, it's this, the standard process is for us to, you know, begin the, the implementation of our project. Um, you know, that includes the software and systems that we need to make that transition. Uh, we will maintain the, the WISE, the energy and balance market up until the transition right before go live. Uh, in our processes, when we, we call it onboarding. When we onboard a new member that we've done in the past, we've had, you know, some parallel operations where we've, you know, run the new system while still maintaining the old system so that we can verify the results and get comfortable with that for a successful go live. And so those are all just, you know, things as part of our project plan. Uh, there's certainly a lot of uh, meetings that we'll have as we, we go through this effort uh, with not only the, the new members, but also the existing members as they, uh, measure the the changes and impacts and benefits that they'll get in this transition. Yeah, I I get the um, meeting notifications at least for the markets plus process. And if anybody's not sure, I can attest in all of these things there are a lot of meetings. Yeah, you can <laughs> you can go to a lot of meetings, <laughs> but that's part of the collaborative process, Dan, and, and that's that's the stakeholder engagement and. There's a lot of embracing of that because uh, you're a stakeholder. You want to have input into where where this is going, and and that's the the beauty of our culture. Is uh, while while it, it's a, you know quote can be a, a painful process as you go through it. You know ultimately you're you're much happier with the results that you get. Yeah, hopefully yes. Um, that certainly is the goal. So uh, you mentioned filing with FERC. Uh, and so once that, that filing next year, is that, did you say that's the only FERC filing you'll have to do, or will there be a subsequent, any subsequent filings that you just, uh, yes. Yeah, so so the, the goal would be to make a comprehensive filing with all of the changes necessary for us to, you know, transition, uh, these parties into our RTO and expand it. Um, you know, sometimes FERC will reject it and we'll have to make a subsequent filing. Okay. Um, you know, so there may be some of that, uh, just depends on, you know, where, uh, and how FERC ultimately re responds to it. Yeah. I guess I was thinking more of like, if there was a, for some reason, a separate docket, the, like one filing would only address, there's, it's a multiple docket process or a long drawn out one docket rather than like just kind of the, as with any regulatory change like this, um, yeah, there's always some, there's almost always some tweaks and that need to be made. So yeah, uh, I'm not saying the course. We, we, yeah, I'm not saying we absolutely won't have more than one filing, but our, our goal would be to make it as comprehensive as possible. All right. Fair, fair enough. Let's hope, let's hope so. Uh, so then, you know, this, uh, Oh, the state regulators, where do they, um, they all need to sign off on this as well. 
Uh, there's not an approval process per se for the membership. Uh, the SPP Regional State Committee does have responsibilities uh, under our tariff, and they'll have to look at that to see if there's any changes necessary. But in terms of this, the state, so the utilities that we're dealing with, um, you know, they may have some, you know, state approval that they need to do it. Um, but most of the entities that we're dealing with are public power entities, and um, a mm. lot of them do not have that uh, state commission responsibilities. Right. Yeah. Good. Good point. Uh, so this is, uh, as I said earlier, I was really focusing on the aspect of second RTO in the West. This is also a hist historic uh, development or when it goes live will be a very historic development, because as far as I know, this will be the first time there's been any kind of any integration like this between the Eastern interconnection and the Western interconnection. Is right. To our knowledge, that, yeah, to our knowledge I mean, that's, that's the first market that will span two interconnections sure, yeah, yeah. like this. And we'll be using the DC ties to do that and optimizing the flow on the DC ties, which are the connections that we have between the Western and Eastern interconnection. How many of the DC inner ties are in the footprint of these nine entities that are going to be joining? Yeah, so we'll be using three of the DC ties uh, for the market and market optimization. In the United States, there are seven DC ties between the Western interconnection and the Eastern interconnection. SPP is on the Eastern side of all seven of those. There is another tie in Canada as well, but at least in the US part, uh, there are seven and, and SPPs on the Eastern side of all of those. So how will that work? Because DC ties, they're not, like just a transmission connection. No, they can only it's not, yeah. yeah. So can you explain for listeners uh, what the what a DC tie is? Sure. A, a DC tie is, is DC stands for direct current. So if you look at the grid, the electric grid is generally speaking free flowing or called alternating current or AC current. And the DC ties allows us to connect the Western interconnection and Eastern interconnection together when they're operating at frequencies that are not in sync with each other. So the DC tie allows us to transfer power between those interconnections reliably. Uh, as I said, we have seven between the West and the East. We also have two between SBP and ERCOT, which is the Electric Reliability uh, Council of Texas. Uh, so you know, we're, we're comfortable and, and familiar with operating the ties. The DC ties then are controllable where you actually schedule how much power you want them to, to flow and they're bi-directional. So you can go as an input or you can go as an, an export. But you can't, it's not like a transmission line where you can have, uh, or normal transmission line as we're used to thinking of it, where you've got power flowing both ways at the same time, right? It's the DC ties, you have to schedule it. It's either going east to west or west to east. It can't do both at right. the same time. Well, well what, what we do in that case is we would net the schedule and and deliver the balance. So if you sold 151 direction and 50 the other, we would just be scheduling it at 100 megawatts in, in yeah. the, the net direction. Yeah, I suppose for a market, that's not, as, that's not an issue, whereas it might perhaps be an issue in a bilateral market, but maybe not because netting, that seems to make sense. Yeah, it should. It, it's <laughs> a limited right. capacity. 
Uh, so, you know, the, the thing is, on the DC ties, you have a limited capacity. But on a normal AC transmission line, you have a limited capacity as well. There's only, um, you know, so much flow that you can run across it in a safe manner. Right. So how will this work? Since So with markets, you're optimizing for the footprint of all the participants. But now you've got yes. two footprints within the overall SPPRTO footprint. Uh, mm-hmm. Two footprints because you've got this one summer in Eastern interconnection, summer in the Western interconnection got the dc ties but uh are you going to be able to optimize across the entire footprint uh or is it like you're gonna have to optimize for two separate each side and then optimize for those as a whole how does that work yeah think of it um like we'll do a pre-solve on the east and west and that will establish the price difference across each of these three ties so if, if there's a higher price on one side and a lower on the other, we'll, we will then go to the final solve to move that DC tie to, re, to make those prices converge as much as possible. So it will be converging prices as much as possible between the Western and Eastern interconnections. Well, it seems simple enough. Oh, it's very simple. <laughs> Just give it to the engineers. They'll, they'll program it in. Right, exactly. Uh, so, and then I guess just the other thing, uh, any, again, in terms of having these kind of two sub regions, what does that mean for how you handle reliability, resource adequacy, those sort of things? Yeah. So a, a couple of things to note, um, and this is part of the terms and conditions is that the planning process in the West will essentially be separate from the East because there isn't any, um, unscheduled flow between those two. So the West planning process will be separate. Um, you know, we will look at reliability from the balancing authority in the West and they'll it'll use its RC, you know, reliability coordination process, just like we do in the Eastern interconnection. So there will be some separation in terms of the specifics of what they do. But the key is that we will be uh, facilitating the market to optimize between the two, uh, recognizing the constraints of the system. So the Western Resource Adequacy Program, uh, it- are any of the participants in the Western branch of the RTO, are they? Are any of them participating in the RAP? Yeah, so uh, right now we are looking at what the resource adequacy is going to be, and that's you know yet to be defined. But certainly the RAP is, is a solution that we're looking at. Uh, SPP has a planning reserve margin uh, that we identify for the current members of 15%. Uh, right now we're not looking at allocating uh, capacity on the DC ties for, um, you know, planning reserves. So the entities in the West would be standalone in their reserves. Uh, so one of the options is for them to participate in the wrap process to be able to, you know, leverage other resources in the Western interconnection. So how would that potentially work? Uh, would it be that they would be participate in the wrap as a single entity or? I mean, since they're in a market, would they? Yes, yeah, so yeah, it's a good question. And, you know, it's still looking at details. Would it be SVP as the balancing authority being the participant, or would it be the responsibility of the individual load serving entities? And then we would just net those up. So it, it'll depend on the details of how that's yeah. operated and what the uh, members are comfortable with in moving forward. All right. Well, like we said, lots of meetings. 
yeah. no end of meetings. All right. Well, I think that covers it for today. Uh, thanks very much, Bruce, for taking some time to go over this with us. Uh, big news. Looking forward to learning more, covering this. Uh, reader or listeners, if you want to read the latest, uh, my colleague Abigail Sawyer wrote up uh, the development we've been talking about today. It's on uh, newsdata.com, clearing up, and also with that newsdata.com's sister or clearing up sister publication, uh, California Energy Markets also available on newsdata.com. Anyways, uh, Bruce, thanks again for joining us. Uh, look forward to talking more in the future. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate it.